Can you hear it with your ears? Can you see it with your eyes? Can you feel it wiggling between your quivering thighs? That thing, that thing, that thing with James. Once every millennium something will come along When you feel it you will know it cause it's coming on strong That thing, that thing, that thing with James Sit back, relax, deep breaths, no stress Let me come inside your mind I promise you it won't take long The change will happen soon You will feel something so special Growing deep within you That thing, that thing, that thing with James That thing, that thing, that thing with James that's me. Hi, welcome to episode 26 of That Thing with James J. Asher II. As always, I'm your host and the creator of this show, James Jackson Asher II. That's me. I'm the second because I'm named after my grandfather, my paternal grandfather. He was James J. Action, James J. Action Asher, the first, or as other people knew him, Judge Jackson Asher, because he was a judge in my hometown long before I was born. Well, speaking of judge, let's let's talk about judging and judgments. I I recently wrote a song about judgments, judgmentation, judgmenting, judging in general, judgment. I was listening to a podcast I like to listen to and I heard this word or this phrase, pain piggy. I'd never heard it before, but it rung so true, pain piggy. I was like, pain piggy, oh my God. They were describing some guy who's always having to come on to MSNBC, CNN, Fox News, and apologizing for, you know, thing off-color things that he said. And they started calling him a pain piggy. And, a, and to put it another way, the guy's a glutton for punishment. He does bad things knowing they're bad things, but they, they were finding the humor in that uh, he probably gets off on the uh, on the shame, on the humiliation, on having to apologize for saying something off color. And something about Pain Piggy stuck out to me, and I wrote a song about it. I'm, I haven't been practicing much guitar this week, so it may be a little rusty, so please forgive me, but I'm going to sing a song called Pain Piggy. I wrote it this week. I hope you like it. Actually, I wrote it last week. But uh, anyway, here it is.
watch it come out thick Glucose levels aren't looking alright So why are you light-headed? Who says pain doesn't feel good? Hurts just right, like it should Beat you till you come and you ask for more Once you're done, there's the door You're a pain piggy And you hope you do too Snug neck tie just like a noose You feel better when you can't breathe Average people can't conceive Cause you're a pain piggy Submit control to feel okay Is the goal externalize the pain within Confirm suspicion you're a sinner But you know you're more than that You're a pain piggy That's how love looks in your eyes. You're a pain piggy. You're a little pain piggy. You're gonna have to punish me. Whoosh. Ow! Oh, yeah. Thank you. Pause for laughter. Thank you. Thank you. That was my original song, Pain Piggy. I hope you liked it. Now, uh, on to some quick business. If you like that song, and, and if you like the show, and if you like the way I do it, um, you, you can donate through my Patreon account, patreon.com slash that thing with James. There you can donate as little as $1 a month or as much as $15,000 a month. I'm not even fucking kidding. <laughs> you can donate $15,000 a month if you want. If you got fuck you money, or if you're really bad with money management and you have that kind of shit laying around. That thing with James at gmail.com. And I also want to extend a very heartfelt thank you to Josh and Wade, my, my two Patreon patrons. You guys rock. And uh, I love you both. Thanks for donating to the show. And if, if you're not Josh or Wade and you're not donating to the show, that's okay. You don't have to. But, you know, it would be a, a very, it, it would it'd be helpful. <laughs> Patreon.com slash that thing with James. I have a website, jamesjasher.com. There um, on, on the contact page, you can find my agent's contact information. If you want to reach out to my agent for some reason, like if you want me to be like in a Scorsese movie or something, that'd be cool. I'd do that. And uh, I also have a blog there, jamesjasher.com slash blog. 
If you go way, way back before I started this show, you can see some of my writing examples. I'm a, I'm a good writer. You'll see if you, if you go there and read it, the stuff that I wrote. I, um, I have an Instagram and Twitter. I have a Facebook, but I don't fuck with it too much. It's mostly for like personal relationships, but, um, I, my, my public, my, my public presence on social media is on Instagram and Twitter. The handle for both of them is at James J. Asher, the at sign, the at sign, at sign, J-A-M-E-S-J-A-S-H-E-R, James J. Asher. Yeah. And um, if you're listening and if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show, rate and review it. And um, if you're watching this on YouTube, and if you haven't done so already, please subscribe to my channel and like the videos you like and, and leave a comment. And for all of you, share the show with your friends. Spread the love like, like butter across the craggy, crumbly surface of a warm croissant. Yeah. So if you want to, that's, that's the quick business that's over with now. Ah. Uh, today what are we going to talk about today anxiety we're going to talk about anxiety disorder because i got that and i recently started getting treatment for it and i'm kicking myself for not seeking treatment well i i got treatment pretty early not continuing continuing treatment for decades <laughs> I'm kicking myself for not continuing treatment for anxiety disorder for over a decade. So many relationships have gone south. I've had so many like um, young women I was dating who thought like I didn't want to be around them. And there were some that I didn't want to be around. But most of the time, I know who I know who and what I like. And uh, I know what the fuck I'm doing, even though it doesn't seem like it all the time. I know what the fuck I'm doing. Like, most of the time, I know what the fuck I'm doing. I'd say 80% of the time, I know what the fuck I'm doing. That's a pretty big chunk of time. And that covers, you know, interpersonal relationships, romances. And there were some girls I was in relationships with who thought I didn't like them and didn't want to be around them. And it, no, that's not the case, you know, because I'd get quiet and distant. And well, I was being quiet and distant, but it was because I was, uh, you know, way in my head, spiraling thoughts, dark spiraling thoughts worrying, 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 what could go on my entire life. I remember being a little kid and just saying like, man, I'm such a worry wart all the time. I labeled, I didn't tell anyone else about it, but I always internally labeled myself as a worry wart. Little did I know that's not normal. <laughs> like worrying as much as I do. And I, I get the control thing. I get that. And believe me, I put a lot of work into the uh, control thing. I know when to control and when not to control. And you usually don't control. 80% of the time you don't control stuff. I get that. But my brain just goes, and my body, here, here's part of the thing is like, I get panic attacks. Um, I'd say more frequently than is normal. I have like an abnormal number of panic attacks throughout my life. And um, I can feel it in my body, heart palpitations, shaking hands. Um, I can feel the blood pressure rising in my neck. Not right now, but that's how it feels. And um, yeah, so I've had panic attacks like a lot my entire life. Feeling trapped, like in some extreme cases. It hasn't happened a lot, thankfully. I can count on one hand the number of times I've had an attack this bad, but sometimes it gets it gets so bad like um it's like the walls are literally closing in it's like the room is literally getting smaller um it's like a halfway hallucination um and that's when i feel really trapped and i've lived with that my entire life and so some people think like 
or have thought that I didn't like them or didn't want to be around them because I was being just quiet and distant. And it's not that. I was just in my head, I was inside myself trying to harbor, trying to quell the rising tempest of a panic attack of just crippling anxiety. Um, so yeah, I've dealt that with that my entire life. And uh, I recently, like three weeks ago, I went to a doctor for the first time in seven years. Um, basically, since getting off of my parents' insurance and, you know, getting on my own, thankfully, I'm able to afford that thanks to Obamacare. Thanks, Obama. And uh, I went to the doctor and I just had like a whole laundry list of things to ask about. And uh, I got some blood blood work done got my blood tested i'm good i'm good man my body's good my well except from like my brain releasing fucked up chemicals but uh you know my cholesterol's good my thyroid's good uh, i'm not anemic you know my healthy body um all that stuff it's all good it's all gravy baby i just have this like ever-present edge of anxiety and also I'm really smart and I'm like into existentialism stuff. So I think about existentialist thoughts a lot. Like what's the fucking point of life? Like what's the point of all of this stuff? It's just a charade. It's just a game. The world, the, the nature of nature is purely pure, absurd, uh, purely absurd, purely chaos. And, um, any order that comes out of it is, well, it's also natural because it's a um, product of nature, but um, it's just a random thing that happens. However, and I, I think there's a little bit of both here. I think there's both chaos and design at the same time. It's a paradox. And the only reason paradox exists is because it's a way of for the human brain to basically find peace and come to terms with um, seemingly contrasting concepts that exist together somehow. Two, two concepts that seem like they should not exist together, yet do. And it seems as though these concepts need each other to exist. So I think there is design just as much as there is chaos. Just as much as there is no chaos. Just as much as there is no design. See, I think about this kind of stuff and I think about what am I doing wrong with my life? What? Am I going to like fucking starve in the next year? Am I wasting my time? Am I doing things right? Am I doing things wrong? These kinds of questions running constantly in my head. And um, now not all, not all the time. So I, it used to be like that, just constant running thoughts. And I know how to deal with that now thanks to years and years and years and years of practicing uh, just meditation and mindfulness and stuff like that. But the physical sensation of the anxiety persisted. There would be random, kind of rare, I wouldn't say totally rare, but uh, infrequent days when I felt truly like I could relax and be calm in my body. There was always that nervous shaking tension inside me, a nervous quivering in my core through my nerves. And uh, since going to the doctor and talking about this kind of stuff, I got onto a medicine called Lexapro. It's something, it's an SSRI, which is a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. I'm not going to talk about how those work. You can easily find that information online yourself. Um, but I've been taking them for two weeks now, and I was briefly on it when I was 17, Lexapro. And I think I stuck with it for like one week. And then I said, this isn't the real me. You can't hold me down, man. This isn't like, you know... I think I, you know, this doesn't feel like the real me. This isn't the whole me. You're, you're augmenting me. You're trying to hide me. You're trying to cage me. I was just being a fucking dumb hormonal 17 year old. Uh, 
Um, so, so I, I, I got off the Lexapro after like one week. I didn't even give it time to do anything. And I just lived my life with that ever-present, quivering anxiety. And now over the past couple of weeks, I have noticed some effect. Now, it it's supposed to take like weeks before you, like two to three weeks, maybe even a month or five weeks um, before you really notice the effects of SSRIs. Um, but uh, so I'm not saying I'm getting the full effect yet, but thus far I have noticed a change. My hands always were kind of quivery, shaky. Um, my hands aren't shaking anymore, which is a really nice feeling. Yeah. Yeah, I should have done this a long fucking time ago. Life feels like if life were a video game, the difficulty level has been on hardcore for most of my life. And now I feel like it's set to normal instead of hardcore. And that's a really nice feeling. Um, and uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a pee break. I'll be right back. Now, I recently got a question from a fan of the show who shall remain nameless, and I thought uh, this would be a good tie-in for the topic I'm talking about, anxiety. Um, the question is, or, or here we go, I want to quit drinking alcohol due to its negative effects on me. I consume about 60 ounces of malt liquor per week. Any suggestions? Thanks, man. Have a good day. Well, um, I do have some suggestions. Uh, because I used to drink a lot more than 60 ounces a week. And I, I was drinking liquor. Straight liquor. I drank a lot. So... Um, I'm glad that you're asking how to manage or, or quit your uh, alcohol consumption. I think that's an honorable thing to do. So, you know, kudos to you. That's, a, that's an achievement in itself is even addressing that there is an issue. Um, and alcohol does have a lot of, you know, negative side effects. Um Alcohol is a drug, and uh, it can really ravage the body, and it's also physically addictive. Um, fortunately, if you're doing 60 ounces a week, what is that? So you get like a 40 of malt liquor. You're drinking malt liquor, and you're doing 60 ounces a week. Uh, let's see. I think that's like a 40 and a half out of a whole week that um i don't want to say that's not that bad what i want to say is that makes it sound like you're not physically addicted to it which is a good thing it doesn't sound like you drink enough to go uh, get the the dt tremors um if if you are physically addicted to alcohol and you don't wean off if you just go cold turkey you can die literally um your body will go into shock and die um that's one of the most that's one of the more dangerous things about alcohol is you can die from it if you're physically like like drinking all the time i mean like all like more than i used to drink and i used to drink a lot and in retrospect it was my way of self-medicating to help with my anxiety. Um, and basically, throughout my college career, I was just a, uh, and I, I was an alcoholic, like, and it got bad uh, when I was in grad school. Um, I was drinking just so much and just straight liquor. You know, get a shot, you know, get some whiskey, pour a shot into a tall, big glass of water to make sure to that I hydrated myself. But I was drunk like all the time. And it's 
embarrassing to think like I probably smelled like alcohol all the time. It's, it's embarrassing to think about. Um, and I've even gotten into some trouble with Johnny law, um, due to an alcohol related incident. Um, I don't want to go into much detail about that today. Maybe another time I'll tell you about that story, but, um, yeah, I, I've, I've been, I've been handcuffed, you know, I've, I've, <laughs> I've hit rock bottom, um, emotionally and otherwise, uh, fortunately, I mean, rock bottom is relative for everyone in many different circumstances. I hit, I guess, as close to rock bottom as I needed to hit to get my shit together. Um, so that helps if you want to get your shit together and you're like the kind of person who has to hit rock bottom. Sometimes that's what you need is to hit rock bottom. Maybe that's it for some people. That's where a lot of people have their, a lot of alcoholics have their moment of clarity before going into the program. Um, I've never been into the program talking about, um, you know, well, it's collective of anonymous individuals. I've never been to a program like that, but I have like taken some classes and gone to like a mad meeting, like Mothers Against Drunk Driving um, and some other stuff. Um, but I, I like the, the message and the idea behind uh, the program. And the whole idea is kind of what I touched on a bit ago was um, control, uh, relinquishing control. And I, there's a lot of quotes. Um, one of the founders of uh, Alcoholics Anonymous, um, Dr. Bob, I think is his name, Dr. Bob, uh, he wrote a book. And, there, and there's all sorts of sayings in the program like, um, I love all of them. Some stuff like things won't change if things don't change. Things won't change if things don't change. So if you want change, you're going to have to do the change yourself. Really? You like, you got to do the work. Um, and it's not easy to develop a new habit and to let go of an old one. Uh, is not fucking easy at all. It's difficult. It's very difficult. Um, but things won't change if things don't change. I'm pretty sure that's from Dr. Bob. Um, and then, of course, there's the uh, serenity prayer. I really like that one. And you can even say it, if you're an atheist, the message behind it holds, I believe. I think it goes something like, um, God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the strength to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference between the two. Yeah, that's the serenity prayer. I, I love that. It's a great message. So, you want to give up drinking alcohol. Well, it doesn't sound like you're physically addicted, so that's good. You've got that going for you. Um, I would say, for me, part of what helped me, like, I rarely drink. I'll, I'll drink on, like, specific holidays, like uh, St. Patrick's Day. I'll go out and drink. Um, and part of the thing with, like, the drinking for me was... Um, I couldn't pace myself really, you know, I, I, I get thirsty and I'm, I'm, I'm thirsty in general for like water or anything. I, I'm always thirsty, um, which is, um, pretty, pretty apt considering I'm going to talk about this book I've been reading here in a little bit. Um, thirst is a big part of this book I've been reading. Um, uh, but yeah, yeah. If I start drinking, like, I, I can't, I have to be careful if I bring, like, a bottle home or, or like, a six-pack or something, because I'll just tear through it, you know, real fast. 
Like I'll, I'll drink a whole fucking bottle in a day straight up. Um, and I'll be functional too. I mean, should I drive? No, 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 no. Not like that. But you know, I'm not like breaking down into tears. Um, I just get kind of silly, you know, I'm a fun drunk. Fortunately for me, I'm a fun drunk. Uh, but it makes me so depressed afterwards if I do it regularly. And if I do it like, like hardcore like that, um, I'll just get depressed for like a couple weeks after that because alcohol is a depressant. Um, and it will make you depressed. It, you don't think clearly, even if you're not drinking, even if you're not drunk, you're still having the, the, um, chemical, aftermath of consuming a lot of alcohol you know so you won't be thinking straight you'll be depressed yada 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 um but i've noticed that over time uh since like my late 20s it just unless i'm like out on my one of my rare like few times a year outings to like a bar or something if i'm out and especially if i'm like with friends or something i'll be drinking having a good time having fun i call it my little purge because I, I i feel good after that like i don't get depressed after that but if i bring like a bottle home or something like some vodka or something uh and if i just tear right through it um I don't do too well. And even if, even just generally drinking at home, even if I do pace myself with just like a, a beer makes me feel just like sluggish and overly full and, um, you know, a, a glass of wine's fine. Uh, but then I, by my second glass, I'm just like sleepy. If I have a cocktail, I just get fucking tired. It's not even fun, you know? <laughs> I just get tired. I'm like, I don't even get drunk. It's just tired. So that's kind of what happened to me is I had like a chemical change, I guess. It just made me tired. And it's like, well, what's the point of that? Just, I don't want to go to sleep right now. And if I drink at home, it's going to put me to sleep and I don't want to go to sleep. So I guess I'll just have some tea. Um, but for you, man... I mean, it's entirely subjective. Um, at some point, um, if you want to quit, you will have to not drink the alcohol. You're going to have to not purchase the alcohol. Uh, and then some other things are going to come up. You're going to get bored. Maybe you'll get to thinking too much. Maybe you'll get anxious or depressed. Now, now, without that that veil of uh, the alcohol, maybe you will be approaching some uh, unresolved stuff in your life that maybe you need to look at, feeling some feelings that maybe you need to feel. Um, I, I know I, I recently came across an article that I didn't read, but I read the, <laughs> the headline and it was like um, anxiety looks different in men than it does in women. Men, it often manifests as anger uh, and or alcoholism. And then there was a third one. I don't remember what. But yeah, uh, my drinking when I was like hardcore drinking all the time. Um, it was self-medicating to deal with my anxiety uh, and, and, and other issues like therapeutic type issues that I needed to talk to. Um, there is a difference. There's, there's traumas and stuff like that that you need to talk, you know, find like a professional or someone to talk to about um, who, who can listen. And, you know, it's best with a professional. Um, and maybe... Maybe, um, I'm not saying you have it. This is one of the reasons to talk to a, and visit with a professional is that they can assess if maybe you do, if you have a disorder, if you do indeed have one, uh, that might, there's ways to treat that. And I've recently started that and I'm so glad that I did it. So, um, if you want to stop drinking, you, a, you have to stop drinking and, and, since you're not physically addicted, you don't have to wean yourself off of it. 
Um, I know for me, when it comes to like weaning off of something, I don't, I don't do it well because I'll just keep doing it. So I have to do like cold. Um, so maybe that's you. Maybe you got to go just like cold and not get it and pick up some new habits. Journaling. I, I strongly um, advise you and everyone else to journal every day. Just whatever's on your mind, how your day went, what you're thinking about, anything, anything you want to write about. You don't have to share it with anybody. I don't share my journal. I keep my journal very private uh, because I share like everything in my journal, um, my deepest thoughts, hopes and fears, um, dirty thoughts. You know, I, I journal. That's a great way to you know, get things uh, out of my head. You know, it, until I write it out, it's just going to sit in my head and repeat itself. And, and it's like, just shut the fuck up. If I write it down and put it into physical space, then um, it's not so much in my head anymore. And if it's an issue that I really do need to deal with, I will keep thinking about it. But generally, if it's something on my mind, I, I write it down. Uh, it's out of my head and I feel just more at peace, um, after having journaled. Um, I also suggest, um, uh, just find new ways to occupy your time, mind and energy. Um, pick up some hobbies, some new hobby, just developing new habits. So basically what it comes down to is you got to find, uh, some, healthy productive habit to replace the um the not so productive not so healthy habit of drinking alcohol that's it um and maybe maybe at some point you do grow or, or develop in such a way that you don't cut it completely out of your life you just do it kind of rarely like i do um but yeah yeah so uh, I'm going to take another break. <laughs> I'll be right back. I'm back. Uh, so just one last point on anxiety. Then I want to switch gears and get onto something a little more fun. Um, one of the things I was thinking about, in, in addition to relationships, is just uh, generally like opportunities and like money. How many opportunities have I missed out on? How much money have I missed out on making um, because of uh, I was just immobilized by anxiety and panic? Uh, I remember last year, it's just gotten, uh, it got bad. It just got worse and worse uh, in, in certain circumstances. Um, in some ways it got better and in some ways it got worse. And I noticed, like, for example, in acting class, I didn't do as well as I knew I could do. And it's because I was just having, like, a panic attack. Like, my hands were, if you're watching this, uh, I'm doing an exaggerated shaking of my hand. That is not an exaggeration. That's how bad both of my hands were shaking, heart pounding, um, just full-blown, like, panic. It couldn't function. And, uh, and I just powered through and powered through and powered through meditate, uh, deep breathing, yada, yada, do all the stuff, exercise, um, positive thinking, visualization, all the stuff I've done it all, man. But, um, except for getting back on, uh, some, some meds, <laughs> psych meds. <laughs> And, um, now I feel a lot more, um, calm, a lot more centered, less nervous energy. It's, it's honed in more, um, cause you know, I could hone it in before, but it's like, I can't sit and meditate for an hour every single day. Well, I could, but I'd have to like, give a lot of other stuff up that I don't think, I already have a difficult enough time managing my my time. Um, 
So I guess if I wanted to do that, I mean, even, even if, even if on days where I spent like an hour, just, just sitting and breathing, um, no, no TV on, no electronics, nothing, just sit and breathe for an hour, 90 minutes, I would feel so centered. Uh, I'd feel great, clean, pure. My, like defragging a hard drive is how I uh, view meditation. One of the things it does is it defrags your brain, so to speak. Um, if you don't know what it means to defrag a hard drive, I mean defragmentation of a hard drive. That's something else you can look up. It's some nerdy stuff for you. Technology. Well, um, meditation is a form of managing your organic technology, your organic machine, mind, body, and soul. Um, but even on those days, something, something could happen. Anything could happen at any mo at any moment. That quivering anxiety could just strike again. Um, so yeah, I've, and, and, you know, it runs in the family. It runs in the family. Uh, a lot of it's hereditary. Um, so I'm glad that I'm seeking treatment now and I'm just, yeah, I've been thinking how many auditions have I ruined? Like that I had an audition about a month ago with this dude that I worked with before director I'd worked with before. And after the audition, um, he's, he was very, uh, warm and inviting and happy to see me and stuff. And I was trying to be, but my hands were shaking and I was trying to manage a, a panic attack, like get through it. <laughs> somehow the only way i knew how just fucking get through it just keep breathing and do it and you're just you know full turbulence within me the whole time and when we said goodbye you know i i didn't i in my head i was like i want to be more warm and and open with this guy and shaking his hand and saying, thank you. Have a great day. And I said it, but he could, I could tell that he could tell there was some distance that I was putting between us. And afterwards I was like, did that guy just think that I don't like him or something? No, I was fucking panicking, man. <laughs> I couldn't function. Um, so yeah, Stuff like that. Jobs that I quit that I couldn't, I just couldn't deal with. And I mean, there were jobs that I just straight up just couldn't deal with. And then there are other circumstances where it's just like um, my disorder like blew it out of completely out of proportion. Um, warped my reality into thinking something was a lot worse than it actually was. Um, so, well at least I'm doing something now. At least I'm doing something now. And viewer with the question, at least you're doing something now. You're asking the right question. You're thinking about the right thing. You're thinking about what's good for you. And what's good for you is ultimately what's good for everyone else. You got to help yourself before you're able to help anyone else. Um, you know, you, you, you can't be there for anyone else if you're not able to be there for yourself, for any of you listening or watching. Um, and that's not to say like a selfish thing, but if, you know, it's like the blind leading the blind. If maybe you're not permanently blind, but, you know, if you're a little snow blind and you're trying to lead a group of blind people, maybe wait till the snow blindness passes and you can see again before you start trying to lead anybody else. That's what I mean when it comes to like, you have to help yourself before you're able to help anyone else. Anyway, uh, switching gears. I've been reading a new book and I am hooked. I haven't been this hooked by a book uh, in, in, I guess like two or three years since I read Stephen King's dark tower series. 
as a matter of fact, I think I'm a little more hooked than I was with that even. I'm like, when I was a kid reading Harry Potter type hooked right now. When I was a kid reading Lord of the Rings, 1984. When I was in, you know, junior high, high school reading anything, I got so hooked by books. And then college came and then you had to read. And it's like, I got to read this shit I don't really care about. Some of the stuff I do find interesting, but a lot of this stuff, uh, fucking theory papers uh, it's pretty fucking dry stuff um but this book has me hooked i'm reading dune by frank herbert and a few days ago i got curious and i decided to uh look at the print date see if you're watching here's dune if you're listening that's dune let me do the pages can you hear that? Uh, maybe, let me try this. There we go. You probably heard that if you didn't hear the other things. Uh, I, I got curious and I decided to look at the print date of Dune. And uh, let's see here. Flip into it. It's a first edition. I got this first edition copy of dune at a used bookstore i believe in stillwater oklahoma for like a dollar now there is some damage to it it's not bad um there's some a little bit of water stain on the outside of the pages and the hardcovers got some scuffing and some residue from an old price tag sticker uh and there is no dust jacket so there's some damage to the book, but it's not bad. I, I would call this good condition. Good condition, first uh, edition. Good condition, first edition of Frank Herbert's Dune. And dude, I love it. This is one of just the coolest fucking books I've ever read. Uh, and, and Frank Herbert is dealing with all the concepts I love sci-fi um philosophy uh mythology um psychic abilities you know uh, uh space-time uh the interplay of everything i dude it's so fucking cool and um from what i understand mr frank herbert uh he he, he was no stranger to psychedelics and I can tell, as someone who is also no stranger to uh, those ex types of experiences, uh, I, I can see it. I can read it in this book, and it's so accurate. And it's saying things that I have experienced. It's, it's describing them in a way that maybe I was not able to, or describing it in ways that I would describe it and have described it, but got like weird looks like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's like, you know, I had this experience and you might not get it, but Muad'Dib would get it. Usul would get it. Now, if you're fans, if you, if you already know, if you've read Dune, there's a movie. There's a movie Dune from like 1984, I think. Um, David Lynch made it. It's not great. Sting is in it. He plays a bad guy. <laughs> He's got his fucking spiky platinum blonde hair. Um, I, I, I don't think... I, I have the movie on Blu-ray, and I've tried to watch it twice, but I have fallen asleep both times, so I didn't get through it either time. I think I fell asleep like 30 minutes in, <laughs> or maybe even an hour in both times. Uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's like The Wall, Pink Floyd's The Wall. I, I've i maybe watched that like three or four times, but I never got all the way through it. I fell asleep like 45 minutes in, I guess just because I got too stoned and, you know, fell asleep, got a little too comfortable. Like, ah, oh, fuck, yes. Let's watch some cool shit. <laughs> wake up fucking credits are rolling 
So that's been my experience with the Dune movie thus far. Um, but the book, dude, I am just blasting through it. I think it's been like five days and I have maybe a hundred pages left. If that, I've just been blasting through this fucker. I love it. I'm totally hooked. Um, how to describe it? There's this stuff, dude, I don't even know where to describe it because it's a whole world. Um, it's a whole feel. Is that, is that like the word? This is a whole feel. Is that like the thing? Like in, I guess like drag culture or something like, oh, that's a whole feel. Something like that. Man, dude, that sounded, that's a whole feel. Well, anyway, I don't even know where to begin with this story because there's just so much. It's its own world. It has its own mythos, but um, a lot of it is um, applicable and reflective of uh, expression of the world that we live in, the experiences we have. There's the the Benny Gesserit, Benny, Benny Gesserit. Uh, the weirding way, the weirding women. They call them the Bene Gesserit witches. They're women and they have this like kung fu kind of. Now, it's not like like Bruce Lee kung fu kind of stuff, but there's a lot of like martial arts um, thought, a lot of Eastern thought in this of like control and and mastery of the mind and the body together like every fiber even like yoga and stuff like that the more you master your mind the more you master your body the more you master your body the more you master your mind your 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 limits of perception and stuff like this oh, god it's so fucking good and i don't even know where to begin Maybe, maybe, <laughs> maybe this is a conversation better left for like uh, the next episode or something. Who knows? Maybe I'll give my, my review of Dune. Maybe by the next episode, I will have finished and jotted down some notes so I can give you a proper review of Dune. Because uh, right now, I, I'm, j I'm just reeling in it and I don't even know where to start. And I think I'm done with this episode right now. So uh, thanks for tuning in. Love you. Bye. <laughs> that's an abrupt ending. Uh, but that's okay. Life is like that sometimes. Stay cool, cats. Thank you again for tuning in. I love you all. Bye.